You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Week 8 in the NFL brings us a new New York Jet. Apparently quite the troublemaker. But that's what the New York Jets like. They like to be badass off the field instead of on, making their fans miserable no matter what the decade. What day will we be picking up Ray Rice's contract? And as they say in Spinal Tap, couldn't the Lord have rested on that day? But we all know that day will come. But the New York Jets are not as controversial as the New York Metropolitan Opera. The death of Klinghoffer brings life to the possibly dying art of opera. Good or bad? And if we're going there, what would a football show talking about opera miss out on an opportunity to talk about fashion? If it's not Oscar de la Hoya, then it's Oscar de la Renta. Both of them seem to like women's fashion, so why not? I mean, you know it's a soft sports week when The Voice beats out game one of the World Series. And our first network prediction comes out. No, it's not the death of Mulaney just yet. But it's only a matter of time before lots of the shows we love to hate wear out their welcome soon. And speaking of what's out, let's talk about what's in. My special in-studio guest is on the way up, and we promise not to ask her what the state of women in comedy is. Oh, God. The lovely Jesus comedian Christ. Rachel Feinstein will join us today and help answer all of the above and more as we get ready on a rainy weekday in New York City smack in the middle of Rocktober for another exciting episode of The Spread with Dave Juskow. Oh, hell yeah. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, everybody. It is The Spread with Dave Juskow. Jack Pesson is on assignment. We are here today and... Uh, Sorry, the music's all messed up today. Uh, you know, because I'm working the thing by myself. Anyway, it's a beautiful, uh, beautiful October fall day. And, uh, well, actually, it's a little rainy today. And we're filming, we were taping this on a Wednesday. And I'm here, luckily enough, with um, one of my favorite people and uh, a great guest. And technically, you know, my first guest, if you think about it, because um, I can't really count Irene as a guest because she's so <laughs> special. But... Yes, the lovely, very lovely and talented Rachel Feinstein, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, Davey Boy Juskow. I'm proud of you here. This is exciting stuff. I know. This is exciting, and it's because of you that I'm basically here because... Uh, is that your phone or uh, my phone? It's <laughs> yours. Is it mine? It's yours, of course. Oh. I should have known. And I asked her to turn it off, too, so it wouldn't buzz, so it wouldn't ring. It's okay. This is what Rachel does. She is a hot mess. And it's quite all right. But I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Rachel. Rachel was the one who told Sam Morell that, uh, you know, maybe you should invite Davey Boy Jessica on the show. And that's how I got this show. So, Rachel, I thank you very much for... Sammy, Sammy Morell loves you. He's a major fan. So. I love Sammy Morell. We've been trying to get together for, like, quite a while lately. And um, I don't know. You know, we just... Uh, I'm very busy. Sure. I have a very tough schedule. Yeah. You know, like Saturday, for instance, a lot of times on the show, we talk about what I did over the weekend because it's exciting. I know you get a lot of puss. So. Yeah, I get a lot of puss. Rachel. <laughs> don't. I know you don't curse because you're, you know, you're a classic radio, you know, I know you're very classic, so I know you don't curse. radio man. But um, is it okay for me to say that Absolutely. you get a lot of pussy because <laughs> you get mountains of You know, I, I don't like, as a gentleman, 
<laughs> I don't like to talk about it very often, but yes, I'm a puss master, and um, I'm always looking for the puss. And uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> Wait till my mother listens to the show. She oh, has okay. no well, idea the amount out. of now pussy. Now really bad. No, no, don't feel bad. She, she never right. listens. I'm just kidding. His no, mom is a very adorable little lady. Unlike you, I know you like to edit certain things where maybe somebody says you don't look the right way, or you say we don't edit on this show. Mm. It happens. Jabs, jabs, It's all jabs. the way it is. <laughs> it's all natural. It's like your coconut water. All right. Uh, well, I'm. Re- you can. You can. Uh, we can just go. We can free <laughs> free form today. Shit can go crazy. I don't care. No rules. No apologies. I know that's the name of your album, and I'm sorry to step on that. But it's all right. I didn't want to release no it rules, until next no week. No apologies. <laughs> doing it his way from the 1920s. It's David Elijah. <laughs> 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 That's pretty good. That's some Thank good you. stuff. Thanks. Thank you. Um, actually, Rachel and I, um, you know, Rachel is a really good stand-up comic. We performed together in Syracuse. She was kind enough to have me open for her. Again, I'd like to apologize. <laughs> I'm just not Tell as that. seasoned as I used to be, or if I ever was. Um, but it was really fun, and it was really interesting. <laughs> you know, when we were up in Syracuse together, it's so funny. We did a lot of radio together, and the reason why I mentioned it in the opening is just, I mean, what every question, and, and you, you're on the road all the time. Where are you going this weekend? You said you're opening for, or you're going uh, with Amy. I didn't mean to. No, yeah, yeah I am opening for Amy. Um, in uh, Albany, Albany, I think New York it is. Yeah. Um, so that's where you'll be this weekend. Amy Schumer, that's right. What is the date of that? Oh, okay. Hold on. I didn't have this already. Yeah, well, hold on a second. Say it's 27th, 23rd, 24th. So the 24th yes, the and the 25th. 24th and the 25th. I'll, in I'll Albany. give it to you. I'll give it to you at the end. I'll get you all that uh, that special info. Well, technically for your benefit, for the, for the three listeners that uh, you know I have. <laughs> but yeah, I opened for Rachel and it was great because, you know, I mean, technically I've been a stand-up comic for like, you know, I've done it since for 30 years. You've been dazzling audiences since <laughs> you were a young boy, it's since I think your first to... nose job. But, <laughs> um, but no, you were, you were great. You killed it. You were a sensation over there. Everybody loved you. I did okay. You know, and people, you know, I'm, as you know, I'm much funnier offstage technically at the bar than I am on stage. And if once I be able to put it together, you know, once I reach about 60, 70, I think I'll be able to pull it together. <laughs> well, there was a progression throughout the weekend because what would happen is uh, sometimes you would do the long uh, Michael Caine monologues on stage and sometimes people <laughs> didn't know what you were referring to. I don't know but then those y- people. Uh, <laughs> what's with them? <laughs> but then you would say these hilarious things in the car and we'd be like, Dave, you have to say that on stage tonight. Like your dad's sex talk, which is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Basically, you just went in your room and he, he said, uh, never in the ass and hide your wallet um, and <laughs> slam the door. And I was like, you have to say that on stage. I can't believe that was his entire uh, sex talk. This is why I'm a mess. And this is why I, you know, I just can't seem to put it together. I'm much funnier in the car. But you would do it that night and it would kill. You just have to listen to Well, you guys helped me. You, and, your, you your, uh, and Tommy Cody helped me a lot to uh, put it together. And I really appreciate that, too. But I got to say, and I just want to say this one thing. And. We'll get to a bunch of stuff that, you know, for years, Atel has been calling me from the road and telling me how grueling it was and doing the radio and all that stuff. And I just, I mean, I believed him, but I just never got it. And it's funny, until you actually do it, and we went up there, and, you, you know, you're doing an hour, I'm doing 10, 15 minutes, to go up, do the show for an hour, then wake up early, do four radio shows, then do two shows that night, then two shows on Saturday and a show on Sunday, I mean, 
it really is grueling when you think like a comedian is like, well, you only got to work 20 minutes a night. It's it's funny when you go on the road, it's completely not like that. And it was yeah. it was very impressive the way you handled it all. And then w- when I got to I sat in the green room after or whatever it was, you know, after it was over, after my part was over and just listened to you. And it was a very pleasurable experience. I mean, really, you, you you were really great. You were fun to listen to every night. I heard the same bit every night and I enjoyed every moment of it. It re- really was. I had never seen you do a full hour before and it was great and I know it sounds like I'm kind of kissing your ass a little bit, but that's what you're, you're supposed to do to guests anyway, but you know I said <laughs> that to you personally anyway. Uh-huh. And uh, I think you've really, you know, I've known you since you were, you know, technically a little girl. We have that photo of us together. Oh, yeah. When we were so young and, um, you know, you've really, really matured comically and um, you know you're really wonderful thank you so much I watched yeah I watched old tapes of myself at that time it's so humiliating like the first sets I did I really thought I was taking a lot of New York risks I was just going on (laughs) stage acting like such a jackass I just went up there I thought I had a lot of like really edgy opinions and I would just pace around and I thought I was like really you know like fuck you society up there (laughs) and it was such an idiot so hard to watch old tapes of yourself but you were Jessica was always very nice to me and I met him at a bar with David Tell Many years ago, the bartender had this big crush on him, and she's like, there's this guy. He's a little older. He always ignores me. He's very exciting. <laughs> and oh, you would right, come right. in there, and you'd do this old-timey voice. You'd be like, hey, you're all right. Hey, relax. <laughs> uh, honey, do me a favor. Get me a shivitz regal, will you? <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, relax, sugar tits, all right? It's not a big deal, okay? Life is life. She'd be like, but are we in a relationship? And you'd just be like, shh, life is life. <laughs> <laughs> she would ask you these really reasonable questions like, cool. can we define this in some way? You'd be like, oh, you look so pretty when you're confused. <laughs> <laughs> and that, uh, that was you. I was like, I think he's doing a gag. I don't even know if he's blowing you off. I think he's actually reciting specific lines. Well, from... it was also just a way to get out of the conversation, you know. Like, yeah. I, I didn't know what to, how to answer those kind of questions. I mean, she seemed she was very nice, but... Yeah, she was you know. very sweet. But yeah, we both bartended together at Carrie Kravis's old bar, and, and Atel would come in there and and always put like a 20 on the bar like Atel is really sweet and then you drink like half a shot of Jaeger and like abruptly leave and we'd be like does he hate us what's going on you'd be like ladies that's Atel you never know what he's thinking he's a misunderstood genius uh, and then yeah but he Atel was always like super sweet he would tip a lot and then leave all of a sudden and then yeah she was in love with you but it was interesting that's how I met you remember we shared a cab uptown remember? of course I remember because I thought uh, she was coming on to you or something right I was I, I thought we were going to have a three way <laughs> I wasn't sure what was going on, and I, I got very confused. I'd, it was something like that, right? And I was. Yeah, we dropped you guys off, and later, yeah, later you. I think you told me you thought that I was like trying to have sex with both of you, and I was like, no, I was just getting a ride to the. It was very clear to me what was happening that you were trying to have sex with both of us. It was and very you were obvious. annoyed, as I remember. Like, not only did you think I was trying to have a three-way, but you're like, "Look, don't cut into my time with <laughs> Teresa, right? I told you, I have sex with one lady at a time. I get overwhelmed after you really lashed out at me." Too. I know. I'm not. I'm like Seinfeld. I'm like, I'm not a th- I'm not a massage guy. I gotta have special <laughs> lotions and creams. Come on. Yeah, I can only take one of you at a time. I just assumed that's what, what was happening. I mean, that's uh, you know, that's the way my life works. It's just I just assume the ladies are coming at me. I don't know what's going on. If you're not, you know. I thought you're making the move on me. I don't see. You see the magic with the ladies. You see it's happening. It's like, what am I supposed to do, right? She did get really obsessed with you. That girl would just show up at your apartment building, yeah. right? And just yeah. standing there. 
yeah, like all out of breath, like, <laughs> you didn't think I'd be able to find you, did you? <laughs> and I'm like, geez, I changed my number and my apartment twice. <laughs> it is kind of impressive. I remember she would lurk around your building. She was less stable than I ever realized, but I liked her. Yeah, I liked her too. And it was funny because a lot of times uh, when I think about it now, I would wait for her after work. She finished at four o'clock. The guy that Carrie's brother was very jealous that I was dating her, so he would make yeah. me wait outside for her to finish, and then he'd give her extra chores to do because he knew I was waiting outside, like in the alleyway, <laughs> waiting for her to finish. And then we'd get home at like 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning, and I'd fall asleep because I was exhausted, and she'd be <laughs> slapping my face. You know, like I'd wake up, and I'm like, what, what? She's like, you fell asleep. I'm like, it's 6.30 in the morning. I don't do this. <laughs> I start my interludes around 2 a.m. I can't Because uh, remember that time we were in the car with that girl, and she wanted to do a whole bunch of drugs or whatever, and, and you were like, you know, if you went up with her, she would have had sex with you. And I'm like, it's daylight. It's over for me. And they're like, no, she would have had sex with you. I'm like, maybe you didn't hear what I said. As the sun comes up, the night is over. No matter what's going to happen. It is. I do notice that is true. You remember that we were in the car that day with that crazy yeah. girl and. <laughs> yeah, she clearly just like wanted to get rammed, and you were just like. Oh, <laughs> the sun I is up. Know. The night is over. Yeah. There's no ramming to be done. Yeah, you're like I like to. I like to get things organized. I want my sweater <laughs> folded for the morning. I you're know, like I, I need to get my yeah my, my brand cereal ready. Whatever you're. <laughs> well, no, actually, you you have like a lot of Kellogg's Frosted Flakes. It just I get the sugar has the same foods like Pee Wee Herman has <laughs> in that movie Great Adventure. That's why I got that eats. Mr. T cereal. Yeah, you like pour chocolate syrup on like some Frosted it's Flakes. It's true. Yeah. I know my grandmother started me doing that because she said I was the king of the castle, which is why I'm so mad at my mother because my she's the <laughs> worst grandmother ever. M Liza goes like, Hey, can I get uh, frozen French toast for breakfast? Can you buy it for me? She goes, No. Just no? Yeah, she goes, no, I, I might eat it. <laughs> my grandmother's like, the, my grandkids are the kings and queens of the castle. I'm like, can we put chocolate syrup on Fruit Loops? Absolutely. That's what I told my mother. I'm like, you don't worry about what they say. You do whatever they say. You let Beth handle whether they're going to be reprimanded the or aftermath. not. aftermath, right. right, right. Yeah, you just grandmas are like that. My grandma used They're supposed to be. My mother's not like that. Yeah, I remember my grandma literally fed me. We went to go visit her in San Francisco, and she gave me ice cream for breakfast, and then she said, would you like anything else, dear? And I said, I'd like a spoon of full of sugar, and she put it right in my mouth. She said, well, of <laughs> course that's what you're going to have, dear. And that was that. Um, Grandmas do such things. I just wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask you a question, if uh, mm -hmm. this is like kind of, have you heard about that, uh, the death of Klinghoffer at the Met? No. It's a no. It's so, an opera. Oh, okay. And the, it's like kind of um, the thing where it, they're they're getting all this publicity because it's they people who are protesting outside make it think that it's pro Palestine. This Klinghoffer, Leon Klinghoffer, was shot at, at a terrorist. Uh, these terrorists took over this boat in the '80s, and he was in a wheelchair. They shot him and then they threw him overboard. Hmm. And now they've made an, this guy named John Adams. You know my favorite character. Yes, of course. <laughs> he made this opera. He's an American. I mean, he made this opera, and it's called the Death of Leon, Kling the Death of Klinghoffer, and it's performing at the Met. It's just open, and it's been in the Post for the past two days, and the and the Times, the news, it's because people are protesting that it's pro-Palestine. But anybody huh. that's seen it has says we don't feel it's actually that way. But people are getting upset. But this is the greatest publicity that the Met has ever had. You know, in oh, like yeah, 50 years. Oh yeah, big controversial play. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of funny because I was thinking like that's what I need to do something like that. You know, for the podcast so I can get the publicity. I can't buy the kind of publicity. But Giuliani's protesting and stuff because that guy is the man when it comes to like the way he didn't shake Joseph Arafat's hand when he came. When for some reason when he was on you know kind of <laughs> older he came to the city and everybody's like oh this guy's great he's great and he's like he's not great he's a terrorist. 
I'm yeah. not going to shake. I'm not going to sit in the same theater as this douche. And uh, so he's still out protesting, which is great, because you're protesting terrorism, not so much the Palestine. I mean, we know there's good Palestines. We also know there's very evil ones. And, um, you know, but they, they've made a controversial opera, which is exciting in this day and age. You know, I mean, this hasn't yeah. happened since, like, Mozart, you know. So it's like a real reckless, like, bad boy opera. Yeah, I guess so. And, you know, you just have to take what Have you, you seen it? Uh, no, no, I I don't like the opera. I like the ballet. Then how? Do you, oh God! <laughs> I thought you knew. And then <laughs> my mother always makes me go to the ballet on Super Bowl. I know Bowl you Sunday, guys yeah. usually have a big fight before. To, yeah. On Super Bowl Sunday, she makes me go. I know they have a spat. <laughs> Just come out, come out. <laughs> they have a spat at the ballet every time you go. I told her every time. I tell her I don't want to fight this time, and then we end up in a fight. Always. I know. I know it's the it's the way it is. I and mean, it's always about what you're wearing. Only <laughs> it's not because of what I'm wearing. Yeah, you said you said Sunday. she said that was a beautiful tulip blouse, and you said it's <laughs> rose colored. It's not tulip. They're two oh, different flowers. Jeez, listen, listen, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I picture uh, you in monogrammed slippers for some reason at the opera. Just like these pointy slippers. I usually wear a robe and slippers, but something nice, <laughs> like a fancy like slipper, because I want to relax, you know. I see the but the ballet, the ballet, you know. No, anyway, I, um, I think it's sweet that your mom and you go to the ballet together. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <laughs> I know you think it's gay. Uh, look, I the important gay, thing here it's sweet, yeah. is the reason why uh, I thought to bring you in today, I mean, I always do, but you were free. I've asked you to come in before. Mm -hmm. But you almost won the football pool today. I mean, let's get back into the football thing. The, the clock is not, so I'm not sure. Do you know what time we're at? So I... Oh, no, okay. Yeah, let me get to the football because uh, you almost won the football pool this week. I know. You lost to my brother-in-law and David Tell, I'm which so is pissed. the funniest thing. <laughs> and you only lost by like three points. You, know, you had Houston, Pittsburgh just went crazy in the in the first half. At the very end of the first, they scored 24 points in three minutes. And it was like unbelievable. I really wanted you to win so you could come on as the winner and talk about the pool. But it was very exciting. And uh, actually, I was just wondering... I would like to. Well, I was wondering what you would pick for this week, and if you have. Uh, Can I just say I about the pool? What yeah. sucks is that every week I I overpanel everybody, and like Tommy was like looking up articles and like you know theory, and then the one week the computer picks it, then I almost win the fucking pool. Every week I obsess about it. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna ask how you pick. I know sometimes. I've put in your picks so they're just computerized all the week because I know a lot of times you miss. But I know up until week seven, you were making picks. You ask other comics for help. Yeah. You ask your boyfriend for help sometimes. It's really funny. And then this week you forgot because you were on the road yeah. and the computer picked and you almost won. <laughs> which is, but no. that's everybody got screwed this week. I did horribly this week. And I've been doing pretty good all year. And I did horribly. This is a week where the computer, which I'm pretty sure David Tell does. Yeah. And you can see, look who won, you know. Uh, wait, which who is who is David Tell? Sam Elliott. That's his uh, name. Your <laughs> name is Tupac Lives. Tupac Lives. <laughs> Tupac, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so exciting to see Tupac Lives just going up slowly but surely. I know. I was very excited for you. I love when you win. You know, and Sarah won uh, week two, and she came on, and she told us how she picks, and she had this whole system. It was really funny. Really? She never asked for help. I used to think Jimmy Kimmel was helping her make her picks. That is not the case. She had a system. She goes, all right, first I pick all the home teams. Then I evaluate the weather. Then I do the... I mean, she was completely serious. Huh. Like, I thought she was joking at first, and then she was just she I always going forget on. which one is home team. Is that the one that's capitalized or is Yeah, it's bold? the one that's capitalized. Okay. I know. It, I made it a little tough because I made it more like the newspaper. Let me ask you a couple games, and you tell me what you like. Okay. And you tell me what you think. I know you don't know a lot of stuff, but I'll just ask you a couple games. I won't go through all of them. How about Detroit 
playing Atlanta at home. We used to do this together, and I used to help you with your picks. No, I'm glad you brought this up. Um, I see Detroit burning through Atlanta. I mean, you got Manu Bull on the team. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're going to literally smoke them. It's going to be so embarrassing. I mean, you got Eli Manning. Is I mean, he's <laughs> he's running plays as a point guard I didn't think were possible. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, everything you said is completely correct. The funny thing now, is— Now, those um, Barber twins, it's a Ron D. Barber, <laughs> right? I'm telling you, when he tosses that softball down the lane— I think to myself, I think, I've never seen this shit before. You know, the problem is I don't agree with all of Isaiah Thomas's calls. I feel like as a manager, he's temperamental. Uh, I don't. I think sometimes he thinks too fast. He doesn't yeah. use the guys he's got. It's good. Know? It's good. You have a, a, a lot of the sports mixed up, but you know, I see where you're going with that, sure. and it's uh, it's good stuff. Well, let me ask you another one and uh, okay. see where you come on this. How about Seattle minus four and a half over Carolina at home? Seattle on the road over the Carolina Panthers. That's tricky. Um, the Panthers are beautiful. They're a beautiful team. They play so pretty. Uh, they they just know how to work the ball. They really do. Um, I, I'm i still going to say, what was the other team again? Seattle, the of, Super Bowl champs. Of, of course. Um, the Seattle Coffees. I think I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go with, I'm going to say Seattle. You know why? Good choice. Uh, I'm going to say Seattle because... Their triangle defense that they finally dropped that I didn't think it made any sense. Mm -hmm. I think the stop, drop, and roll defense has always been the way to go. <laughs> um, and once they started doing stop, drop, and roll, I mean, they're fucking, they're they're amazing out there. They really, they're trailblazers in their uh, in their field. <clears throat> I've um, never had somebody who, and now you deserve a cracker. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to make you spit it up. Uh, <laughs> Scott got mad at me because I brought rice. No, no, I'm not mad. You want me chewing into the mic? Well, because then you're stealing my bit. Okay. You know, <laughs> which is, you know, always talking with food in your mouth. That's just my favorite thing. Let me ask you a Yeah. Any, everything you say about football is amazing. Um, I can't believe it. But I you. am making picks. You notice there. Yeah, yeah. I'm making the pick. Well, the funny thing is your picks are just as good as anybody else's. That's right. That shows you. I mean, you could, you could completely be on the show with uh, Terry Bradshaw or, you know, and any of those guys and completely probably pick better than they can. Absolutely. And they're some of the best guitarists in the business. <laughs> Um, every week for college, I always make a uh, a tease, which is um, I pick a bunch of teams, mm -hmm. and I use I as a joke, I spell out uh, a name of something that's relevant to the show we're doing, and I get an extra ten points. This is a betting thing. I get an extra ten points for the spreads. Mm -hmm. um, I know it's a little confusing, but this is what I do. Last week I spelled out Mulaney, and uh, with teams like, for instance, the North Texas Mean Greens, the M mm -hmm. for the M and Mulaney. Uh, and this is what I do. And now I, I, I got. I didn't win this one last week, but I only. I. It was a seventeen tease. I only got two wrong, and one of them was Rutgers. Unfortunately, I keep using Rutgers. But the one and I'm just telling the people that listen each week. That I had this crazy one where I had the same game, but I played both teams. So I had the New Mexico Lobos plus twenty. Get out! <laughs> Shut up. Get out! <laughs> I had the Get Air Force Falcons. They were playing Air Force, and then I had the Air Force Falcons to win the game, and that actually worked, which Jesus. is a miracle. This week, I spelled out Rachel. You're kidding me. That's right. In a six-team tease, and uh, here's what I chose this week. For the R in Rachel, I chose Aww. the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. Rainbow. There's a gentle tear going down <laughs> my cheek right now. For Plus all of thirteen <laughs> over Nevada. We could play some uh, soft piano music during post if we could put that in. Thank you. <laughs> for the A in Rachel, I chose the Akron Zips. I always try to choose um, hilarious names of teams. Also, sure. 
I have them plus seven and a half at Ball State. I have to say these, so when people listen back, they're like, well, you got them right. You know, you have mm-hmm. to say them ahead of time. Here's the best one sure. for the C and Rachel, the Central Michigan Chippewas. Oh, my God. I love it. You I know, know you that, by the way, you know, I, I use the Yiddish spelling of my name. So there's a cough in the middle. Oof, yeah. I wish I had <laughs> say it now. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> for the H and Rachel, I use the, uh, you're for this, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. <laughs> One of your favorite teams, I know, uh, minus a half over Old Dominion. The Boston College Eagles in the E, minus two and a half over Wake Forest. And then I just uh, had a, I just wanted to go for UCLA for Los Angeles, where they play for the sure. L. I have UCLA minus three and a half. We'll see if that comes in next week. I bet it will, because for some reason, I just get the feeling that you're lucky. In the last um, couple minutes of the show, I just want to talk about your friend and the pendulum pick. Yes. Now, you're friends with our friend Irene Bremis, who makes pendulum picks on this show each week. She's amazing. She got six in a row up until this past week. Now, she lost on Cincinnati. I mean, she got annihilated in Cincinnati. She completely got that wrong. Now, I'm just going to give her one break here Mm -hmm. because, number one, when I got her text, she just said Cincinnati. And I knew something was That's wrong. not Irene. Exactly. Usually she, there's a lot of sweetness and dressing around everything. It's like teenager, which she calls everybody. I thought about a teenager and I think, I've got it. My, my energies, my gods, my goddesses are telling me. No. If there's none of that dressing around it, then something's awry. Exactly. I, I knew You're something right. was wrong, but I let it go because she was right about everything. Yeah. And then I talked to her and I'm like, what the hell happened this week? And she goes, oh, you know what? I didn't meditate properly. There was a death and I was worrying about that. <laughs> One of their friends died and she was thinking about that. So you know what? I'm going to let it go yeah. this one time. Now, unfortunately, this is the week I chose to call the New York Post and the Daily News telling them I have a short thing. Oh, <laughs> so God that's damn it. kind of was poor timing on her part. Uh, however, uh, this is who she picked this week. Ladies and gentlemen, this is everybody's favorite part of the show that they listen to because normally she's correct. Now, I picked two. T- I picked four. I mean, I picked the games for her to choose. I picked two games this week. I couldn't decide. I said, tell me which one you think is best. Now, again, she wrote back the two-word thing, and I'm worried. I'm like, look, you're doing it again. Are you sure you're in the right place making these picks? And she said, yes. And because last time she said, I should have skipped last week. So she says that it's fine. I picked two games. I picked two interesting ones. I picked Arizona playing Philadelphia. Philadelphia on the road and the Arizona Cardinals. Mm -hmm. That's a three or two-and-a-half-point spread. But, you know, I try not to let her work with spreads, but she says the Cardinals were the pick. Yeah. I also chose her to pick New Orleans and Green Bay. That's Green Bay at New Orleans. New Orleans plays much better at home. It's a Sunday night game. It's a very interesting pick. It's, it's only a one and a half five point spread, so it's really not a spread at all. Yeah. And she said the pendulum pick for this week is Green Bay. No fucking way. <laughs> Cal Ripken's the center. There's no way. You're mixing up the genres. Oh. So she says that um, Green Bay is a little better pick from the pendulum than the Cardinals, but the pendulum pick this week, two of them to make up for last week, is apparently Green Bay and Arizona. So I guess we'll see. Obviously, I don't feel as confident as I did two weeks ago. But we will see Green Bay and Arizona. You have the pendulum picks. She promised this was better, even though she still sounded strange to me. And she's going and she, you know, she's going to LA, so maybe she was thinking about that, but I'm not giving excuses. If she gets it wrong this week, she's gonna have to come on this show and take off her top. I mean, and explain why <laughs> <laughs> 
She knows. Her. I have another friend that does pendulum stuff. You remember Susan? Susan, Susan asks Wang? the pendulum Huang. She asks the pendulum everything. I mean, like everything. She'll hold it. But the funny thing is she was doing it the other day and she was doing it in a cab, which was hysterical because the cab's moving and jerking. <laughs> and she just kept saying the pendulum knows it doesn't go with the cab. It has its own rhythms. Was she, is she right about stuff? I think. So I, I mean, you'll never know. She'll ask the pendulum stuff like, should I keep this baby? Should I? And then the pendulum will say, no, <laughs> abort, abort, abort. Yeah, the so pendulum sounds a little evil. over I don't... the abortion clinic. And Do you then, think yeah. the pendulum will be swayed by the fact that I dated her sister? Um, no. I I think I think she I, I think she forgives you for dating her sister. Okay. Um, I don't know if her sister does. Uh, right, that's probably always going to be problematic. <laughs> Didn't she paint you? Her sister like wrote a gen- made it like a gentle painting. This of is you. what happens when I date girls; they get very obsessed. They really do. It I makes sense. Why. I mean, it's the package. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's the clothing, it's the hairdo, <laughs> it's the you know the care and you know feeling that I have for the ladies. You know what I'm saying? The thing is, you do them blow nice. them off though. You make it a gag, but you're emotionally unavailable. Listen, you know? I don't have time. I got I got my football picks. She said I that make. she invited you over to her family's home for a special Christmas dinner and that you responded uh, with an email that just said get off my dick (laughs) Um, she said I'd love to share the holidays with you my parents are so excited to meet you and she said your response was Get off my dick. <laughs> Love David St. Just. You know, it's weird. I, I don't remember. Uh, all of a sudden, I'm having some uh, amnesia. <laughs> are we at the uh, what time mark are we at? Uh, 31. Okay, so let's move on to the TV portion. How about okay. this? Here we are, Dave Jessica, Rachel Feinstein with you on a beautiful Wednesday morning. I can't help myself. Every time I must do it, I must do it. Okay, this is the TV portion of the show. I want to say um, something about uh, Rachel before we uh, move on. Rachel has um, a gift. She knows, and we've done this on Sam's show, and I always like to do that. I can't help it, but when she's on the show, she, has a, she knows all celebrity baby names or kids' names. A lot of them. So uh, I just have a couple that I, I think I'll be amazed if you know. A lot of them are new. They're new babies, but you're very you good at this. I'm with the new ones. I'll do my best. All right. You'll do your best. For, I'll give you an easy one to start with. Okay. Kate Middleton. Oh, um, well, their baby's name is George. That's exactly right. And Prince George. Yes, Prince George. Yes. All right. Now, here's a really tough one, and I only put this in because I met her, and I don't know if this has anything to do with anything, but I'm obsessed with Kate Beckinsdale on the show. And you know, Lily? oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Now, the you weird know, thing I, is I don't remember adults' names, I, just I know, but it's children. you know, I'm gonna oh, um, Sunday, I'm yeah. going to see Michael Sheen. This is what I got to do on Sunday. This is a unfortunately football related yeah. in a way. You know, Sarah's boyfriend is Michael, Sheen, the actor Michael Sheen, Mr. Fancy Pants. I know he's doing a, a radio play reading of Under Milkwood, which is a Dylan Thomas play at the 92nd Street Y. And he's uh, thankfully cool. doing it at three in the afternoon on a Sunday during football season. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> See, then you just sounded like such a man's man. That was like, yeah, like you're like, I don't need to do this shit. Well, I don't want to be rude, you know, to my friend. I also like Michael a lot. I know and he's you a really love good actor, Michael. and I, yeah. you know, to be good. Meanwhile, it's only Welsh actors, and it's doing. They're doing it as a simulcast to Wales because it's three o'clock in the afternoon here, but it's eight o'clock there. And it's so, here in New York. Yeah, it's in the Ninety Second Street. That's y. awesome. That sounds so fun. It, I love well, seeing plays. You'll have a great time. No, it's a radio play. It's not a play. It's just like 
they're going to be having mm. scripts. It's like um, Richard Burton's daughter is it Kate Burton, I think, is in it. Yeah. I'm just saying it's like, why can't I be in it as an American actor? Because you know how I get angry right. on this show that there's so many English people playing Americans in our shows with just American accents. I feel like there's some sort of prejudice there that, you know, we're, we're not, the American actors aren't getting work anymore because these British actors come over, they use American accents, and nobody's complaining about it. The even though they're they better. they do it really well. I know they do it really well because when I do a British accent, it's all Michael Caine nonsense. Whenever and I the, do a British accent, I've always been constantly told that I'm terrible at it. And for me, it sounds great, but it's not. Well, that's actually not too bad. I was going to make fun of it, but I really can't. What I was going to say is Kate Beckinsale and her daughter Lily, which I just saw a clip of her making a, like a couple of YouTube videos yesterday. It's so cute. <laughs> they have the most well-spoken accents I've ever, like, they're so proper. It's Bush amazing. Seeing a 15-year-old, yeah, talk. talk like this. Hello. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm always doing Michael Caine, so I can't do it right. All right, let me give you another one. Okay. Jessica Simpson. Uh, Jessica Simpson has a son named Ace. And um, wait, doesn't she have a daughter? Oh, yeah, she has a daughter, Maxwell. Oh, my God, that's completely right. <laughs> I, that's amazing. Now, I'm telling you, I promise you, Rachel is not looking at anything. She does not know what I was going to say. We did not hook this up ahead. I promise you. Uh, Kelly Clarkson just had a new baby. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know she had a baby. I'm sorry. You've got me. All right, good. Me. I finally got you. How about Jennifer Goodwin? I don't know who she is. She is the um, incredibly bloated actress now. <laughs> I don't know how she got so heavy. On um, Once Upon a Time, she plays Snow White uh. and ended up marrying Prince Charming, if you can believe it, on this show, Once Upon a Time, like in real life. Okay, what's the first letter baby of together. their baby? Maybe I'll try to guess. Oh. Not oh, weird. Um, uh, fuck, what's the second letter? <laughs> It's Oliver. <laughs> Oliver. I, I wasn't. I gave. You know, these are brand new babies. I wasn't sure, but I, I wanted to. You know, I wanted to take some risks. Yeah. No, I'm glad you took risks. I'm glad you pushed. Them. I mean, I'm humiliated right now that I can't get the answer right. And did you see Renee Zellweger's new baby? Oh no, I'm sorry. That's her. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what do you think of that? She. Yeah, it doesn't look like Renee. Renee. Here's her Zellweger. quote. Perhaps I look different. Who doesn't as they get older? Ha! But I am different. I'm happy. That's her quote. Oh. Who doesn't look different as they get older? I look the same. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you look the same. I mean, I, yeah, and I do feel sorry for her. I mean, it's insane. It's on like every single paper and every place, everything today. It's everybody's just like, ha ha ha, Renee Zellweger's face. I mean, that's got to be rough. I'm not going to make fun of her because I've had plastic surgery, so I can't make fun of anybody that wants plastic surgery, but it is a little much, but I think she actually looks really good. She uh, looks good <laughs> in both pictures. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now let's, um, we're going to move on to, uh, my new obsession. Now, mm -hmm. I don't know if, um, if you know, but when the show first started, I was obsessed with the show The Mysteries of Laura. Right. I've given up that obsession. Uh, I'm clearly, the show is just on, and now it's kind of boring. It's no fun anymore for me. Um, mm. I, it's doing really badly in the ratings, but they're going to keep it on because, as you see in my Huffington Post article last week, NBC has nothing else, and all their shows are just okay. They're clearly not striving for any kind of... Uh, you know, really great programming. I got this rumor started that your show was only about CBS's fall lineup because it made me laugh. I was like, you know, well, David Jessica was doing a way, <laughs> No, fall evening lineup. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was such a specific and it made me laugh. And I, it was it was getting some traction. People were asking, oh, isn't he doing that thing you told me? That the <laughs> well, CBS fall but evening But right now, lineup. I'm obsessed with this show called Mulaney. Yes. Obsessed. Now, Mulaney, you know, you're a stand-up comic. I, mm -hmm. you know, could be on occasions. Here is um, some of Mulaney's stand-up. I love Halloween. 
Halloween's a pretty sexual holiday. People get dressed up in all sorts of degrading outfits. <laughs> all holidays are a little sexual. Christmas has the mistletoe, New Year's Eve has drunken sex, and Valentine's Day has obligatory sex. <laughs> the only holiday that's not sexual at all is Thanksgiving. There's nothing sexy about Thanksgiving. You wear brown and tan clothing, and you eat brown and tan food. <laughs> and then after dinner, you and your family play charades, and everyone's farting. <laughs> I am, uh, for me, that doesn't work. Uh, and that's what he does before his television show. That was this week on his television show. That's the start. Why doesn't that because, work? Because this works for me. Pilot always comes on with his little announcements. I'm going over this, I'm going over that. I'm taking a left, I'm bringing it up, I'm taking it down. I'm going right, I'm going this way, I'm going that way. And we're back there. Yeah, that's all fine. <laughs> Just do whatever the hell you gotta do. I don't know what the hell is going on. Do I bother him? Do I go knocking on the cockpit door? I'm having the peanuts now. <laughs> Just thought you might like to know what we're doing. See, I understand that that's a comedy you can relate to. I'm not saying it's not a comedy I can relate to. I'm saying it's he's doing basically the same thing where he's talking about regular everyday stuff. I, isn't but that I what think, all comics do? We talk about our lives and putting stand-up in a show isn't like... I mean, that's just, it's not like that. You can only do that on Seinfeld. It's just stand up. It's an art form. If he, I mean, if he was doing Seinfeld stand up, then I could. I agree, but I just point. don't. But it's, there's stand up in a lot of TV shows now. Yes, there is, but he's doing stand up before the show just like Seinfeld is. Like, his show's supposed to be very like Seinfeld. He's a stand up comic and he's playing and he's got these cast of characters in his house and it's not working. It's clearly not working. It's, they just um, said they're going to shorten the length of the season. They're not going to do all the 16 episodes that they were going to do. They just cut it down to 13. That was the new announcement. It's doing horribly in the ratings. And Mulaney, I mean, Mulaney is making Seinfeld look like Lawrence Olivier. What I'm saying is this guy's got no, he's got nothing to give. He might be a good writer, and maybe you're saying he's an okay comic. I, I think I, I he's feel, really funny, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, it's not working. Well, let's take a look, because this is some of his, um, here's some of his sitcom. So. I figured out how to inherit a rent-controlled apartment. I just have to say I'm Lapidus's common-law wife. Jane, who's going to believe that you were married to Lapidus? I have the perfect plan, okay? I'm going to leave my stuff all around his apartment, Photoshop myself into all his pictures, and send this death notice to the paper. Look. Well, let's see. Anthony Lapidus was born September 5th, 1926, in East Brunswick, New Jersey, and died in his sleep Sunday night, leaving behind his young, supportive, Thin girlfriend of however many years you hear the it takes to be a common law mm -hmm. wife. In lieu of you hear those laughs? send gift cards mm -hmm. for Sephora. Do they sound real to you? Like that. I need to get no. this ghost on is film. They sound phony and sweet. Strange phenomena. Last night, this is live before an audience. They say it. <laughs> hey, how was the tribute? I actually ended up giving Lapidus's jokes to Lou, and they killed. I think it saved my job. You took the credit for a dead man's jokes? That's stealing. No wonder Lapidus is haunting us. I haven't seen such lack of respect for ghosts since Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> they specifically say before the show that it's taped before a live audience. Now this is, um, this is, these seem like real laughs I say me. that? I hate everybody. Why would I like him? So what do you think? Could you go out with a 66-year-old woman? Well, I'll tell you. She would have to be really vibrant. <laughs> So vibrant, she'd be spinning. Oh, I'm sorry. We have no midsize available at the moment. 
I don't understand. I made a reservation. Do you have my reservation? Yes, we do. Unfortunately, we ran out of cars. But the reservation keeps the car here. That's why you have the reservations. I know why we have reservations. I don't think you do. You hear those laughs? I think those are real. If you it, did, it could... I'd have a car. It could be how it's mixed, too, because I don't know. But, but, yeah, but that's but, 20 years ago. So what are you saying? The mixing has gotten worse? I mean, but you know maybe they saying? make it, maybe it's so refined that it doesn't sound as real. But wait, let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, how proud of yourself were you when you finished this incredible montage where you've interlaced the two? This is incredible what you've done here. Who's I, more over-prepared for a podcast that, than David Thank you. Pascal? I keep trying to tell people that, but nobody listens. You know what's good stand-up? You want to hear good stand-up? No, no, I, I think... <laughs> I was an awkward kid. No, too. God, yeah, don't do that to me. There was school, and I just oh, wanted to be so her. Terrible. She just had everything perfect. I was a very slovenly child, and her name was Caitlin, and she had this, like, long, blonde, silky hair, and I wanted oh. hair like hers. I had this strange, heinous, gnarled fro, and I... I got this piece of yellow yarn, and I just placed it over my head, and I would just go to school like that. I somehow thought I was fooling everyone into thinking I was a blonde with this one piece of loose string just tangled in my heinous nest hair. And I really wanted her name, so I went to the mall and I had this bracelet made that just said Caitlin oh, and I would God. wear it. It was, it was very unstable. I would just oh, wear her name and stare at her like, I'm Caitlin now. I'm sorry, I love that bit. You know I like that really? bit. Really? I you know it's I such did. a I weird one before. to choose. It doesn't really go anywhere. It's just strange. Yeah, no, that was the best one I could find. I did no, no, seriously. I... No, I, you know I like that bit. I've told you before I like that Caitlin bit. I don't know. I've told you that before. When you first did it for me, I thought that was a really good I, one. I wanted to be her so bad. And I think it speaks to, I mean, I, I'm not trying to be sexual. I think it speaks to women. I think all women... Yeah, know that, that situation, and that's why I thought it was. Uh, yeah, really she was good. all organized and neat, and I was real slovenly, and yeah. What? What? How, how much time do we have? Because <laughs> the thing's not. Uh, that's why I got five. Five minutes. Okay, no problem. Yeah, is that is that? <laughs> yeah, the clock's not working today, so I got it all confused. Oh, okay, cool. Um, you know, I just I just wanted to play this one other thing because. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is a uh, I you know sometimes I go through TV and I see something's on and I'm like I'm gonna record that now this is a uh, this is don't worry it's not your standup God you look you, the the pensiveness oh, on your face listening this to is yourself how to shut is you the up. worst thing ever I <laughs> now just, I know how to shut you up from now on and the best oh. part is while I was playing it all you can hear is your chips while you're eating it crunch like you're trying to eat something, but I could hear crunch. oh God I was trying to stop the humiliation with the, oh how could you be the the, it was fine it's Thank funny you. that you don't like hearing yourself but um. There's uh, an episode of Different Strokes that was on. I taped it. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen that show in a long time. Let's take a look. And it was the one where they had they had a spinoff series called Hello Larry. It's a legendary bomb, mm -hmm. you know, like Mulaney in many ways. But it was a spinoff from Different Strokes. It was with McLean Stevenson, who was just this bozo left Mash, you know, the hit series Mash, to do this horrible show. And people look at it as, as like, never do this. Never leave right. a hit show and then do something horribly worse. So he does this show, and this is, um, I kept this, I just taped this right off the TV. Uh, this is some of the dialogue, and it's just unbelievable. I've been watching everything all day here, and I'm a fast learner. 
I'd sure like to discuss your fast learning over my expense account someday. I'd love to. I am dying, and they are playing the dating game. Here's the line. Harry, don't be nervous just because Meadowlark Lemon hasn't shown up yet. <laughs> my special guest hasn't shown up yet. Thanks, Ted. He needed that. Well, there's nothing to worry about. He'll be here. And when he comes, he'll be just as smooth off the basketball court as he is on. Hey, Mr. <laughs> my special guest, Meadowlark Lemon, hasn't shown up yet, but he's supposed to save my show. The worst part about this show when I was watching it is this guy has nothing. I mean, McLean Stephen is, is actually, I mean, he was amazing on MASH as uh, uh, Colonel uh, whatever his name is. And, 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 he's got, and he's supposed to, they fly him out of Portland to come to New York and do a live television show, and he's horrible. They show the show, and he's horrible. And they're like, God, you're killing it. You're killing it. I mean, he's got no personality whatsoever, and it, 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 it's just it's bothersome. You're just watching. And, and then he brings on to save the show, he brings on Arnold, you know, play Gary Coleman. Sure. And, and so he single-handedly saves the show. He's like, what are you talking about? You know, and the question, ah! God, it's amazing, crazy. but yeah, it's really, really bad. Uh, we just we have to wrap up a little bit. I just want to talk one thing about the uh, sure, lemon boy <laughs> about the ratings for a second. It's really interesting. You look at this week's ratings, and they're all up and down, and everything is uh, pretty much as we said. NCIS New Orleans moved up to third space. NBC's got that Sunday Night Football as a lock. It's got an eight point two. Everything else is like five or six points less. Mm -hmm. But um, the interesting thing is. There's not a lot of Fox shows on here, if any, except for football, uh, the overtime show after the Giants-Cowboys game. Wow. However, if you go to the 1849 demographic, it's the most interesting thing. Then all of a sudden, in the top 25, The Simpsons are number eight, uh, Brooklyn 999, Family Guy, and Gotham, all within the top 25 for 1849, but not in the actual ranks for everything else. It's the strangest thing. Bizarre. How about Homicide Hunters? Anybody like that? That's on cable, Out I think. There? I know this is the network. Oh, is that, is, I assume it's cable. I know that's your favorite kind of show. I just like shows. watching a lot of murder. Yeah, I know you do. Why is that? We were talking about that. I was like I, don't like, I don't like the reality stuff like when it's real. I like fantasies, you know, like, like Once Upon a Time and The Flash. That's not actually really, when somebody's dead, they're not actually dead. You like the ones that are I based like the, on life. Yeah, I like the formula of murder because it's like there's this one person that's terrible. It also makes you feel like an amazing person. You watch like a lot of murder back to back all of a sudden you're like oh my god i'm a really kind person you watch like six forensic files and you're like i never even thought about killing a hooker it's never <laughs> occurred to me why because i'm so good i don't have to run around and like clean up hooker bits because i don't live like that i run a tight ship over here you watch a few of those and then you think you're a marvelous person it's like i never thought like about watching it like that. the kardashians or some or like one of those vapid twat shows afterwards you think you're <laughs> fucking elegant compared to these skanks that's an excellent you know? point i suppose that's why i always wonder why like there's law and order people love law and order i'm just like oh my god this happened in real life this is hard Horrible. I love Ronald. But you love so it. Much. So does Sarah does too, and obviously so does everybody else because it's a very, very popular show for many years. That's the uh, end of our show this week. I think it went pretty quick, right, Rach? Yeah. Did you have I a good time? You were an amazing guest. Thank you. I had a delightful time. Yeah, I had a really good time too. Where are you going to be playing this weekend with Amy Schumer? Oh, yeah. Um, I'll be You at, said you'd uh, have it ready. <laughs> Just go to my Twitter, at Rachel Feinstein. And I'll have all the information up there at Rachel Feinstein or add me on uh, Facebook, please. Yeah, and I'm at uh, at Dave Jessica, but nobody follows me that much. Uh, but I wish you would, and I wish you'd tweet about the show because it's really great. And uh, I think Rachel did an amazing job this week, and I really appreciate you coming, and you're a delight. Aw, And thanks, please come guys. back anytime. So that's our show for week eight. I hope we did okay by everybody for football picks and television. We will see you next week. 
on The Spread with Dave Jasko. <laughs>